there's never easy an easy transition with grabbing the stuff and walking over. So I'm, I feel like I'm going to take one hat off and put one hat on, okay? Uh, my name is Caleb Peavy. I am the son of Mike Peavy, his favorite son. And uh, now it's Luke. We all know it. Um, and I am so so honored, so thrilled to speak this morning. I love speaking at Gratis. I know I say that every time, but it really is true. Because I feel like we are able to, to, we have something special here at our church, which is we have powerful, authentic, spirit-led worship, but we also have powerful, straight-from-the-Bible teaching. And that's a hard combination to find sometimes. And I'm not saying that this isn't about other people. I'm just talking about us here in this place. And it's amazing to me that in a room with white chairs, white floors, and this beautiful scenic farm view behind us, that the Holy Spirit can meet us in this place. It is amazing to me that he wants to meet us here. And after seven years, I can tell you the power of life change. I've seen it. I've seen it in you. I've seen it in this place. The fact that we have baptisms. Last week we baptized five people right over there. We've had over 50 baptisms in our church since we started. In a school. Now don't go around bragging. You know we're baptizing people in school. Because we, <laughs> we still want I mean it's a God thing. But at the same time we also want to. Like you can take the prayer out. But you can't take the baptisms out. Um, that's an inside joke. But, you know, um, it's just amazing to see what God is doing, what he has done, but more importantly, what he will do. And uh, I hope that you guys have really, really enjoyed this, these last few months. So we're in March. We're kind of getting close to the end of March. These last few months, we've been really pushing vision, the new vision of Gratis Church, the new vision that we can embrace personally. And there's been a lot that we have talked about. And so this morning, I thought, man, you know, I think it would be good just to take a second and push pause. The Bible in the Psalms says Selah. That's what that mean, word means. It's not just a Christian band uh, that sings You Raise Me Up. It's Selah. It means pause, breathe. I want to look back a little bit at what we've talked about. And then, more importantly, this, this morning, I've titled the sermon, Making It Your Own. So we talked a lot about the church's vision, but is it your vision? Have you truly embraced it as your own personal vision? We're going to talk about that. So I'm just going to remind us so we can all be on the same page a little bit about what we've talked about. So we started with the Kairos moment. Kairos meaning out of space and time where God can take that moment that is a collision of a timeline historically, but then also as a moment. You know, that moment that we just had just then, right? The moment where you felt the spirits moving when you, when you see God doing something special in your life. And honestly, Dad had already prayed once, but he was like, hey, why not? Let's pray again. Holy Spirit's telling me that we need to pray. That's a Kairos moment where God meets us here in this moment, and it's a cross-section of linear, but then also in... God's timeline. And we talked about how we're supposed to respond to it. And we say two questions in our church. We say all the time, you'll hear dad at the end of the messages every single week. You'll hear me say it at the end of this message this week. Davey, I'm going to make sure you have these written down for next week. But it's simple. What is God saying to you? And then the next question, which is really important, what are you going to do about it? Because 
unfortunately, so many times we have Jesus camp syndrome. Okay? Anybody going to follow? You already follow me on this one? When I was in youth camp, we'd go, we'd have these magical experiences. We'd have this high. We'd have this amazing experience. And we would leave and nothing would change. You know why? Because God was saying a lot of things. But nobody was saying what we were going to do about it. Nobody said, you know what, we're going to take this because we don't have fog machines every day or we don't have the lights and we have those things. Because when you wake up on Monday morning, you're just dying to have coffee. Let's just be real. And so we talked about the Kairos moment. We also talked about up, in, and out, our triangle, our vertical relationship with God. In is our relationship with one another. Out is us going out out of these walls, into the community, with other people, living it out, sharing the gospel. And that led us into our new church vision. And say it with me out loud. Here we go. Ready? This is going to test our coordination. Let's try it. Ready? We live like... Okay, come on now. You know, you know me. You know I'm going to stop with... I, I led choirs, so we're going to have to do this. You're my choir this morning, okay? Here we go. Ready? We live like Jesus... We love like Jesus, and we lead people to Jesus. That's our vision. And we talked about how that's going to change. We, we've unpacked it after sermon after sermon. Go online. Listen to them all. It's amazing on iTunes. It's amazing how nowadays you don't have to have a CD. You can just pull this out. Listen, guys, if my mother-in-law can, can download stuff on her phone, there's no excuse. Love you, Tammy. <laughs> Davey's still working on his, okay? <laughs> it's that little purple button. That, never mind. We'll talk about it later. So, but you can go back and listen to all these messages, some amazing messages about each one of them, about our vertical relationship. When, when Dad shared that nothing is more important than our relationship with God. Nothing is more important than our relationship with God. And I hope that these things are sticky. I hope that they're sticking in your brain and that they're really starting to, to be rememberable for, rememberable, sorry, memorable for you. We also talked a little bit about my gospel story, about the earthquake and about the erosion and about the volcano where we have this eruption of God's presence in our life and then also excavation. And we'll unpack that more later. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. And we talked about it just a little bit in brief. But that's a great way for us to share our story. Because how many of us have been to a, you know, a, a church gathering and someone comes in and they say, I was saved from prostitution and drugs and all this stuff. And you say, my, my life will never look like that. And we feel less than in our story. When in the reality is, is that grace saves us and grace is not cheap despite what our personal life may look like because sin is sin if we hate someone that's as much as bad, bad as murder if we lust for someone that's as bad as adultery so we're all sinners who are who are adulterous murdering thieves so no story is greater than the other except for Jesus's his is the greatest but my gospel story is an intersection of our life, and it's a way that we can share our story with others. And honestly, it's kind of the elevator pitch that we have. Um, in business world, they talk about, what's your elevator pitch? Like, if you're in an elevator with someone, how can you tell them what you do before you get off the elevator with them? Now, some of you believe, I'm sure, that there's no way that Caleb Peavy can tell somebody something in an elevator. I mean, it would be maybe the Empire State Building. 
But I'm talking about Holiday Inn Express. Like, how can you get from level three to level one? And that's what my gospel story helps you with. And then last week, Dad shared about person of peace. A person of peace will like you, they will listen to you, and they will serve you. And this is, we always should be looking for people of peace. It may be, there's lots of people of peace at Chick-fil-A, let me just tell you, right? Lots of people that are peace, people of peace at Chick-fil-A. But then there's also, maybe it's your, your hairstylist. Maybe it's uh, your mailman, you know? Always be looking for these people who listen to you, they like you, and they will serve you. Because the chances are those people are actually receptive to the gospel that you share to them. Not saying that we don't spend time with the people who are hardened at heart, but the truth is is that even Jesus said to the rich young ruler, he's, when he asked him, what should I do to inherit the kingdom of God? And he said, sell everything that you have, and he walked away. I learned something from a, a dear friend recently, and this is something that's really good. If you're taking notes, write it down. Sign on the sermon. It's free. Their response is not my responsibility. Their response is not my responsibility. The sooner we realize that in life, because we like, I'm a control freak. Anybody else? Anybody else? Oh, come on. You're, you're, yeah, all right. There we go. Everybody else is lying. People of peace is important. So we've talked about all of these. And I mean, this is like three months worth of content that we've, we've talked about over the last three months. But today I want to talk about making it your own. And a key word that I want to share with you this morning is the word transformation. True change in your life means transformation. Say transformation. Okay. I think my kids probably think that word means transformers. Optimus Prime. Did you know that the original Greek language of the New Testament, the word for transformation is metamorphosis? Did you know that? Now, um, this isn't going to be a science lesson. In fact, life science was like probably my least favorite science. I would rather do calculus and physics and weird nerdy stuff like that. Um, But metamorphosis, in a nutshell, is we're talking about caterpillars and butterflies, right? We learn this from a little age. We see this caterpillar turn into a butterfly. But what I want you to think about is that did the caterpillar go into a cocoon or did the co- uh, that's a bad way to say it basically what I'm trying to say is that the caterpillar went into the cocoon and it changed from the inside out it wasn't from the outside in and let me tell you something we are obsessed with transformation in our, in our culture extreme home makeover it was the original one what not to wear everybody's favorite Joanna Gaines and Fixer Upper We are obsessed with transformation. But let me ask you something. Is it just exterior transformation or is it interior transformation? We are obsessed with public image. You want to know how I know? Go on Instagram. Count selfies on your feed. You'll stop counting after a while. We're always looking at the exterior. We're always looking at the, the window pane, and we're not necessarily looking at the pain that's in our heart. 
and allowing God to transform us from the inside out. The word metamorphosis is what we really need. We need to, to be a new creation, is what the Bible calls it. We are a new creature, a new creation. Romans 12.2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed, be metamorphosized. I love using those big words. By the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God. What is good and acceptable and perfect? Paul says here that we are to be transformed. That we should be different. So where am I going with all of this? That's a great question. What I would hate to have happen is we, you know, we're not going to talk about up in and out and the, the, the series and, and the, the vision of our church every week for forever. Even though I think we probably could. What I would hate to see is the oh nice syndrome. Oh, that was nice. We just pat the little series on the back and we say, that was a really great series. I got a lot out of that. And then we move down and six months from now and our lives haven't changed because we haven't been transformed by this. We haven't made it our own. We haven't metamorphosized. We haven't gone from caterpillar to butterfly. Because it's really easy to say, oh, that's nice about something, instead of to take it and make it our own. Y'all tracking with me? If you're tracking with me, say, yeah. yeah. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. That's good. That reminded me of St. Patty's Day, you know, it was last week. There's this video that was viral on YouTube a long time ago, and this guy gets on there, he's like, anybody seen a leprechaun? Say, yeah. <laughs> so, congratulations. You're OG in this place. All right. Ezekiel, we're going to go Old Testament here. Ezekiel 36, 26 says, And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. You guys, I'm not making this up. I'm just taking it from the Bible. Transformation is an inner process that makes us more like Jesus. We cannot do it ourselves. Even the caterpillar can't do it themselves. God has to change the caterpillar from the caterpillar to the butterfly. But we must show up and allow God to change us. When we make things our own, when we don't take Pastor Mike's word for it, when we don't take Caleb's word for it or Davy's word for it, when we instead take it and we make it our own, the vision our own in everyday life, we don't just invite people to church for Easter Sunday, we invite people into our lives. I'm going to say it again. It's really easy in this Easter season to take... Now listen, pause. I want you to invite everybody that you possibly see. If they're breathing, invite them, okay? Unpause. But it's not just about inviting people to church. It's about inviting people into our life. Which means that for some of you, which is the majority of you, the introverts, who I won't ask to raise your hand because you won't do it anyway... But the introverts, that's going to cause you to need transformation. 
Now, I'm not saying that you turn into an extrovert like me and a social butterfly like me. That's okay. But maybe it is getting over the fear of talking to someone that you don't know. Or maybe it's the fear of talking to someone that you do know at the grocery store. Because let's be honest, the grocery store is a place of contention for introverts. You walk in, you want to get your thing, you want to get out. Don't talk to me. In fact, you should just wear a shirt that says, don't talk to me. <laughs> maybe it's stretching you out a little bit and saying, you know what? This cashier has had a hard day, and I'm just going to tell him, hey, I just want to tell you I really appreciate you, and you do a great job. Thank you for treating me well. And I don't know if you have a church family, but if you don't, I would love for you to come and be part of our family. Now, some of you just died on the inside. That's because we need to have a transformation. We need to go from where we were to where we are, where Jesus wants us to be. Think about it. Peter, I almost used this text this morning for the, the passage where Jesus goes to Peter and says, Peter, do you love me? And he says, feed my sheep, right? Y'all know that in the New Testament where he talks to Peter three times and Peter just gives him some hee-haw answers and Jesus finally gets him to say, yes, I love you, Jesus. We need to embrace it in our own. But that was a transition point for Peter. He went from denial to saying, yes, you are my love. Transformation is an inner process that makes us more like Jesus. We can't do it ourselves, but we must show up and allow God to change us. So how does this happen? It happens with our up, in, and out. Everybody say up, in, and out. Ready? up in and out that is our we live like Jesus we love like Jesus we lead people to Jesus I truly believe that everything in those three words is all we need to live the life on earth that God desires for us three words I really do believe. Is it that simple? I think so. Because Jesus went into the garden and had that time with God. God, take this from me. He was real. He didn't baloney the stuff. He went in and, and had that vertical time. He, even though he was God and had that direct connection with God, still went and prayed up. Jesus invited people into his inner circle. He had two circles. He had his disciples, but then he had the inner circle of the inner circle. With Peter, James, and John. He had his in. He loved on them. He didn't... Listen, I'm just telling you. If somebody betrayed me and they said, I'm not with that guy, I would have a really hard time going back to them and saying, do you love me? I'd be like, you don't love me. You know, I'm getting all defensive. But Jesus didn't do that. He loved well. He even said, they will know us by our what? Love for what? One another. Christian circles a lot just say, oh, we need to be about love. We need to be about love. We need to be about love. I agree. But we also need to love one another. And another thing is that we need to love others and tell them the truth. 
I mean, you know what I'm saying? People don't want, they, they think that they like you until you start telling them the truth. And sometimes they don't like that very much. But I'm like, hey, if, I, if somebody, <laughs> I tell people all the time in the week, Monday through Friday, Josh already knows what I'm about to say, but I don't mind telling people that their baby's ugly. And I'm not talking about real babies. All babies are pretty. I'm just talking about ideas or concepts or things like that. Because we all think that it's all good. Sometimes we have to just be honest and speak the truth. Now, in love, like the Bible says, but we need to speak the truth. And, you know, anybody ever been in a situation and everybody knows the truth, but ain't nobody saying it? Like at work, there's that person who always shows up late and never gets corrected and the boss is too afraid to do it because they think that person's just going to go off and then the next thing you know it's just going to be the worst thing in the day. Why not just share the truth? You know why? Because their response is not my responsibility. It might hurt, but I'm going to be like, hey, that's you, man. That's not me. I'm just going to share the truth. All right, so how do we make our vision happen? So we got the up, we have the in, we have the out. Sorry, I did that backwards. Um, we must first know it. So if you don't know the vision of our church, there's no way you can make this your own. So I'm going to say it without the stuff up there. We're going to say it together, right? We live like Jesus, we love like Jesus, and we lead people to Jesus. Okay, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Lead, or sorry, live, love, lead. It's pretty easy. We tried to make it sticky, so it was easy. But you kind of know it, and not just know it, but kind of know about it. So when I say we live like Jesus, does that mean that we're going to ride around on a donkey and ask people to put their palm leaves down in front of us and bow down to us and say, who are you? I am. Like, no. We're not going to be like that. What that means is we're going to pray with Jesus. Right? We're going to talk to God. We're going to spend time in prayer. We're going to read our Bible. We're going to spend time alone in meditation. Which, by the way, I have no, I love meditation. I think meditation is great. But one of the things that secular society teaches you is that you need to come to a place of emptiness. But the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says that we should meditate and be alone with God so that we can come to a place of fullness. Because, it, yes, it is about emptying me of myself, but the world, what are they going to fill it with? You know, we're, we're so constipated in our society because we are doing nothing but consuming, 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 consuming. And you know what? You are what you eat. So if you're on your Insta feed and you're scrolling and all you see is a bunch of selfies and all you see is a bunch of consumerism and a bunch of things, whether it's hair, makeup, clothes, listen, I cannot, I can't even, y'all. I can't. If I see another, look at what I'm wearing today. Buy this. It just kills me. Because that money could be going to something else. Now listen, I'm not saying you don't have nice clothes. Trust me. But what I'm saying is, is that we are just consuming. Just nonstop. You want to know why we're anxious? Because we're consuming stuff created by anxious people. You want to know why we feel less than? Because we're not going to the person who thinks that we are more than enough when he saved us. 
We're so focused on our own selves and other people. Listen, let me tell you something. Just because somebody has a million followers doesn't mean they have it all right. Trust me, they probably more screwed up than you are. But we still, listen, all right, so I'm just going to talk about the elephant in the room. Rachel Hollis is huge right now. you got people that are talking about Christians. you got people talking. She wrote a book called Girl, Wash Your Face. Christians over here saying, oh, this is the best thing ever. Christians over here saying, oh, my gosh, she's a heretic. Like all these different things going on at one time. But you know what's so funny? I still see the people saying that she's a heretic liking her stuff. We follow the people that we hate. We still consume all of this. And what we consume, we become. So the reason why I'm saying this is because if you want to be transformed by the power of Christ, you've got to let it go of some stuff. You can't continue to be the same person that you were. You can't continue to follow the same people that you follow. You can't continue to consume the things that you're still consuming because Jesus needs you to consume him. If you track it with me, say word. Okay. <laughs> Y'all going to be woke up in here in a minute. And if you need to know what that means, just Google it later. That reminds me of a few months ago when Josh, Dad had his tacky sweater on, and Josh asked Dad, he said, is your sermon going to be lit? And he said, yeah, it's going to be lit. And he got up here, and he said, my sermon's going to be lit up. And I was like, that's not what that means. <laughs> he's still, he's still, he's still like over there. He don't know. He married Mama in left field, or he, he proposed to Mama in left field, so he's still out in left field. So, Love you, Dad. But you know what? I'll tell you one thing. The man did tell us, you play country music and people will come. And that was pre-Chris Stapleton. I joke around. We were at a pastor's roundtable, and I said, guys, we could play Tennessee whiskey and people would come down and get saved. Because people love that song so much. Anyway, okay. But we consume. You are what you eat. You are what you consume. How are you spending your time? Listen, anxiety is on the rampant right now. I'm talking teenagers, like little 8, 12. Last time I checked, when we were growing up, 12-year-olds should just be outside playing in the dirt and playing with their friends and getting lost. Not sitting here, oh, I'm all in my feelings. I'm anxious about all this stuff. You know why they're in it? Because they're on daggum social media. That's why they're in it, and they're following these people who aren't worried to be followed. we got to follow the one who died for us. We're over here saying, you're not enough, Jesus. That's what we're saying because of the way we're living. We're not being transformed. We're trans-confused. That's true. When the creator of the universe came and died for us, all he asked us to do is just show up and be with him. Follow me. He didn't say transform yourself. He said follow me. I don't see how people keep it up with it all. I see influencers who spend their whole day on Instagram. All they do is just like everybody's other stuff and comment on everybody's other stuff. 
I see pastors wanting to become influencers and influencers want to become pastors, but nobody wants to talk the truth about God's word and nobody wants to say, listen, if we want to be different, we've got to do different. We have to be transformed. And it's not because of what we do, it's because about what Jesus does inside of us. So my question to you this morning is, are you making this your own or are you going to take the live like Jesus, love like Jesus and lead people to Jesus and just say, that's nice. Because if you're going to say that's nice, just go somewhere else. Because we're going to move forward with Jesus. If you want to play church, this isn't going to be the place. But if you want to be the church, then welcome home. Because life is too short. We're going to blink. And we've experienced loss this last year. And life is short. What are you going to do with the 52 Sundays that you have in a year? What are you going to do on Monday when this message is over? What are you going to do this afternoon in small groups when you talk with your small group? Are you really going to show up and allow God to transform your life? Or are you going to continue to consume what the world has to offer? That's my question. For some of you, it's going to look totally different. Some of you, it's going to be literally you actually start speaking to people in the grocery store. That's a huge transformation. For others of you, it's going to be shut up. Let other people talk. That's me. We must know, and it starts from information first. All of this is a bunch of information. We get it. We know we're just brain dumping on you. It's a fire hydrant of information. But then it goes from information to imitation. So what we're saying to you is not stuff that we're just going to tell you what to do, but this is stuff that we're going to do ourselves. And let me tell you how I know that this is so important. We were at a um, discipleship thing. Discipleship, y'all. We were at a discipleship conference. Guys getting up and talking to us about discipleship. And bless this guy's heart. He's a missionary from overseas, and so he's just like, he, he just calls it like it, he sees it. And so he, uh, he, the guy from overseas asked the professional that's up on stage, how are you individually discipling somebody else? Simple, simple question. Well, this, 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 and this, and this. Never answers his question. And so our friend, he raises his hand again. He's like, I'm sorry, I must have asked it like, really confusing how are you personally on a regular weekly basis what does this actually look like in your life because the guy's speaking on discipleship guess what he wasn't regularly discipling anybody we are not calling you to do something that we are not personally wanting to do ourselves or doing ourselves. In fact, what we're doing right here is exactly what we're equipping you. We are giving you the tools that you need to succeed. Because you know why? Pastors come and go. We have a termination on the, di the day that we're going to be here at Gratis Church. Whether it's because of force, or by choice, or by dirt. This message can outlive us. We're saying build a building that will outlive us, a purpose that will outlive us. It starts with information. It goes to imitation. Do like we do. And then the innovation. You know, the problem is, is that everybody wants to go and change the world, but they don't want to go and follow the person that did change the world. 
we want to get so clever with all the things and we don't want to actually do the hard work of just following Jesus and letting him transform us from the inside out. We just want to be insta-perfect immediately, like that. Okay. Then we must apply it to our lives. We must know it. We must apply it to our lives. That is the, what is God saying to me? What am I going to do about it? And part of application is knowing the what, but then you got to know who's going to keep you accountable. Listen, we are in the diet busting season. People that started in January, they're done. That's why you see all these amazing gym specials right now. It's because people have left in droves. You get great deals right now, by the way, if you want to join a gym. If you don't have somebody regularly speaking into your life, asking you the hard questions, then you need to find someone. Start in your small group, and then if you don't have that person, then just look around and find somebody who will listen, and you listen too. And then we must share it. This can't just be about us. In a me, me, me first world, we have got to think outside ourselves. We've got to share this message with others. Notice that this is kind of like an up, in, and out three points right here, by the way. I want you to read this prayer with me right now. Um, because I think it's so simple, but I, we don't talk about transformation a lot in church, um, but that's a word that I, I hope that you guys learn to adopt. Let's say this out loud together. This is the prayer that I think we all should have, and it starts with me. Ready? God, transform me to look like Okay, now listen, I need the Pentecostal version, not the, like, super Presbyterian version. Help me out here. God, transform me to look like you. God, transform my family to look like you. God, transform our church to look like you. God, transform our community to look like you. God, transform our world to look like you. We start with the world. God, transform the world. Would you help me transform the world? That's what our first request usually is. And you would think in a me-centric society that the first person that we would ask God to change would be me. But you know what? Most of the time our prayer sounds like this. God, transform our world to look like you. You know what, God? Transform our community. No, no, no starts with us and if we do not make it our own if we do not show up and allow God to speak into our lives and to transform us from the inside to the outside then all we're doing is just doing an extreme home makeover on the outside a fixer upper on the outside and dying on the inside the church struggles with anxiety and depression and all of these things more, I think, sometimes than the world does. And we have the Holy Spirit. Now, listen, when I say depression, I know that there's clinical depression. Please understand what I'm saying. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the people who bring it on themselves. Because the truth is, is the more screen time that you face, the more anxiety you're going to have. It's just a correlation. It's simple. Imagine if we changed screen time to Bible time. If you don't have a physical Bible, our church will buy you one. We have some. 
we've bought some for that specific reason. It's nice to have it on your phone. Don't get me wrong. It's nice to get the daily verse of today, which, by the way, today's U version Bible verse was Ezekiel 36, 26, and I will give you a new heart, a new spirit I will put within you. How cool is that? The truth is, we need, if we want to be different, we got to do things differently. I don't think there's one person in this room that doesn't want to be more like Jesus. I think we all want to be that way. But if you keep doing the same old thing, you're going to keep getting the same old result. If you keep eating fried chicken, don't expect to be dropping some pounds on the scale. Which is why I can't wait to be in heaven because fried chicken is zero calorie. Here's the truth. Philippians 1.6 says, And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. No matter where you've been, what you've done, how twisted and windy the road to Jesus is, every day is a new day. His mercies are new every morning. How do we become transformed? The Bible says it very clear. By the renewal of our mind. Renewal means like a recycling, a, a spending time with us getting in Jesus' space, us shutting our mouth and being quiet. You know that prayer is at least 50%. Communication goes both ways, right? God is not, now listen, this sounds extremely racist, but it's not. God is not the little quiet Asian man on the park bench that you talk to in like in the movies. You know what I'm talking about where they just sit there and they just go, blah, 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 and they feel like they don't know any English. And at the end, he's like, that was a great story. And they're like, oh, my gosh. No, that, that's not how God is. God, this is a two-way conversation. In fact, like we're so messed up that we think that what we have to say is more important than what he has to say sometimes. Sometimes we just need to listen to what he has to say. So I'm going to ask you a question. Same question we ask every week. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to think. I'm not going to play any music. I'm not going to do any emotional response. Nothing like that. No manipulation, no nothing. Here's the question. I want you to ask yourself this question after I say it. God, what are you saying to me? And the second question is, what am I going to do about it? Maybe God's telling you that you need to talk to that loved one who you know doesn't know Jesus and just restore a relationship that's broken. What are you going to do about it? Maybe God's telling you and the Holy Spirit's convicting you that you need to read his word more. You need to know his word more. What are you going to do about it? Maybe God's told you that you need to follow him and surrender to him and, and, and 
follow him as a believer and confess your sin and, and leave that behind and, and accept him as your Lord and, and become saved. Maybe that's what he's saying to you. What are you going to do about it? Maybe God's saying you've been lukewarm. You've been a, a spectator, not a player in the game. What are you going to do about it? Maybe God's saying that your family is just in shambles and you need to do something about it. What are you going to do about it? At the end of the day, a lot of it comes down to the other question is how God can you transform me? And we know that he transforms us when we show up. When we spend time with him, we can't help but look like him. When Moses came down from the mount, people mistook him, mistook him or mistaken him, I don't know, whatever the word is. He was mistaken for God, right? Because of the countenance of God. May we be mistaken for Jesus. May we look like Jesus. May we live like Jesus. May we love like Jesus. May we live and lead people to Jesus. What is God saying to you? What are we going to do about it? Amen. In a moment, um, our ushers are going to come, and they're going to pass a basket by here uh, to you in a moment. But what I pray for you to do right now is whatever God has said to you to do on your Connect card, please record that for us today. Uh, we would like to celebrate with you uh, what it is God's doing in your life. Because that's, what, that's why we gather here every week, just transform lives.